Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Amen. Thank God for an opportunity because out of the billions and millions and trillions of people, he chose at this hour to use little old me. And I understand that that is a privilege and an honor because he's God. So he can use whom he will. Amen. So I never take it for granted that God allows us to speak on his behalf. I want to thank God for my husband, my biggest fan, my number one supporter. I thank God for him. And I just even thank God for my boys. I don't ever say that. I thank God for my boys because they teach me to just being their mama. It really really reiterates God's love for us and how he loves us unconditionally. Amen. Because even when they're not having their best day, they know their mama still loves them. Amen. And I can't help but give God praise because I know even on my worst day, he still loves me. And I thank him for that. Amen. And to our pastor and Mama Ann in their absence and to all those in their respective places. Amen. Amen. In light of his love, let us look to the Lord. Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. And God, we indeed count it a privilege, an honor, and a pleasure to be in your presence, oh God. We thank you for making it possible for it to enter into your presence, oh God. God, we thank you for just your grace and your mercy that are carrying us. God, we thank you for our protection even to arrive here. And God, in, in light of what's going on in the world, we thank you for protection as we sit and worship together, Lord. Sometimes we take that for granted. But God, we thank you for that. We thank you for this opportunity to be able to lift up holy hands to you unashamed. God, we pray that you will use me now and hide me behind the cross. Let them not see me, but see you, oh God. Because you are the author and the finisher of our faith. And it is in you we put our trust. It is in Jesus' matchless name we do pray and give thanks. Amen. All right. Let's get down to it. Amen. Um, in light of his love, I'm telling you, man, I, I probably went all the way around the world trying to figure out, Lord, what is it what you want me to, to horn in on? Because there's so many different avenues you can take, you know, even with the, the theme. And I know Pastor does not confine us to the theme, but when I actually did a little research, I found it very interesting couldn't let it go, Brother Jeff. <laughs> and talking about this month theme, Biblical Illumination. And um, as we've heard uh, also in previous Sundays, uh, as I was looking up the definition, it's talking about uh, illumination is lighting or to light up a spiritual or intellectual enlightenment, like to become aware, so to speak. And um, as I was doing some little research, I found this um, 
this website that was focusing on biblical illumination. And I love what they said. They said it's the process by which the Holy Spirit helps a person to understand the truth of God's word. It's the process by which the Holy Spirit helps a person to understand the truth of God's word. The Spirit of God helps us understand the truth of God. And he also can use men and women of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. But it all goes back to the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, help me, Holy Ghost. Because see, it's one thing to recite scripture, and it's another thing for that scripture to be revealed. Amen. How many of you grew up memorizing scripture? I know I did, and there's nothing wrong with that. I grew up memorizing scripture, but sometimes the things that happen to me in life that reveal that scripture unto me, amen, is all of a sudden then I understood what I had learned and had memorized. So it's one thing to have information. It's another thing for revelation, amen. It's a lot of us got information, but through the precious Holy Spirit, he gives us revelation on how to use it in our lives, amen. And when I was thinking about our topic today, and, and it may seem strange to say in light of his love, what first came to my mind was when we think about illumination is the phrase in light of the situation. Have y'all ever heard that somebody said, well, in light of the situation, I will do this. And basically what that means is that their decision is based on the revelation of the situation. Okay? So their future decisions is based on the revelation of the situation at hand. So when we think about in light of the situation, basically it's saying that once you've gotten that information and you reveal what it means, then you start making a different decision based on what you've learned. All right? So when we think about that, it's so many different avenues and tools that we can think about with God. But what is one of the greatest lessons we can learn is his love. Everything is founded on his love. It says that God is love. It says that he shows love. He wants us to love. So it seems like, so the Lord said, okay, Lord, well, if you want me to focus on love, what do you want me to do with this? He says, well, I want them to understand what they, decisions they need to make in light of my love. So once you know how God loves, how to the extent he loves, then there should be some decisions made in your life based on the love he has for you. And notice, I didn't say based on the love you have for him. Because we are frail beings. Come on now. I know I ain't the only one be good on Monday, looking crazy on Tuesday, down on Wednesday, then pick myself up on Thursday, and then it's fabulous Friday. You know what I'm saying? We, we are running the gamut in emotion. It's Women's Sunday. So can I talk to us ladies a little bit? Because we are emotional creatures. Come on now. I'm not the only one that I catch you at 12. You good. By 3 o'clock, it might be a different story. Somebody done got on your nerves. Somebody done said something. Somebody ate your snack out the um, break room. I don't know what happened. But it could be the smallest thing that just set us off. And then our whole day messed up. Well, it was good, and then I went in there to get my yogurt, and it was gone. They know that when they yogurt, I put my name on it. You know, but any little thing make us switch up, amen? But aren't you glad that the Lord don't switch up on us? That he is consistent through and through, day by day, day after day? Come on now. I know y'all say sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, I ain't going to turn back no matter what come your way, but we all have moments. We have a moment in time where we're glad that the Lord didn't catch us 
in that moment. Amen. We glad that the Lord love covers us over our moments. Hallelujah. So when we focus on God's love, his love is continuous. His love is sustaining. His love is a perfect love. And the Bible said that his love covers a multitude of sins. There's nothing you can do to out with his love. Amen. One songwriter said his love never fails. It never gives up. And it never runs out on me. What a blessing it is. So when we focus on the love that God has for us, then the apostle Paul said the, the love of God will compel me. It urged me. It pushes me. It incites me. It makes me want to do when I don't want to do. Not because of how much I love him, but because I think about how much he loves me. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But when you think about this is what I want y'all to kind of have in the back of your mind. As you think about this word today, in the light of his love, God's love, what will I do different starting today? What view will change in light of his love? So I said, okay, Lord, let's talk about his love. And then he took me to 2 Timothy 3.16. I said, wait a minute. I thought you were going to give me all these love scriptures. I was ready for the love chapter, Corinthians, love never failed. I was ready for that. He said, nope. I want you to go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I want to read it again in the New Living Translation because I saw something later on that I thought would make it easier for us to understand why we're going here. He says, verse 16, New Living Translation, they said, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us what to do right. And so I said, Lord, well, what do I got to do with love? He said, some people don't know what my love is. They have a false understanding of what it means to love and to be loved. We are plagued by all these ideologies of what love really is, but we never go to the Bible to see what true love is. So therefore... Because of our falsity of what love is, we make the wrong decisions. And the Lord said, I think we might can make some changes if you really knew how much I loved you. So in order to find out what love is, we have to go to the word. It says that the word is given to us by God. It'll teach us what is right, what is wrong. It'll show us how to correct ourselves and teach us in righteousness. Hallelujah. So, let's learn. Let's, let's go to school. Anybody get in school and uh, get those true-false questions? I don't know about you, but I hate true-false. <laughs> like, with a passion. <laughs> I'm back in school now, and every time I get a quiz, I, like, skip over the true-false question and come back to them later. I'm like, because in my mind, I'm because I overthink stuff. And, you know, in a true-false question, it could be one little thing. One word off, they took one word out, and the whole thing falls. You know, so then I'm going trying to find every, there's a V. She left out the comma. Now, was she trying to see 
was we paying attention or was it a typo? Like I'm, like I'm trying to figure out what my professor thinking here because see, I, she wanted to see if I read this and she didn't put that V in them. I think I, I don't know, but the rest of it though. And so sometimes it's hard for us to differentiate, but when we come to the word of God, he will tell us what love is and what it's not. And I want y'all to kind of be flexible with me because in learning how God loves and in learning the word of God to teach us how to love, I want us to have an example that I feel like could be used to teach us what love is. Can y'all go with me a little bit? This is a little different from where I, where I really normally try to do things, but this is the way God led me. He says, God loves you where you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay where you are. Yes, he loves you where he finds you, but he loves you too much to let you stay that way. And through his sanctification process, he wants you to really know that he loves you because the Bible also says that he wants us to have life and to have it more abundantly. And that's, that's not just things. That's being able to walk in the power of his strength, in his anointing, in his peace, in his joy. The Lord wants you to have those things. He really does. So we're going to use an example of how God teaches love. Or this is how it played out in, in, in my imagination. Because what better way to understand the word is to ask the word himself. The Bible says in the beginning was the word, the word was God and the word with God and the word was made flesh. So let's look at a story where Jesus meets this woman at the well. Now, Jesus, we see, went out of his way to meet this woman. Am I right? The Bible says that he said he need to go this way. He says, I need to go this way. He could have went a different route, but the Lord knew he had an appointment with this woman at the well. Jesus went out of his way. Don't you know he'll go out of his way for you? You know, he'll do whatever it takes. And sometimes whatever it takes is not easy. Sometimes whatever it takes is not easy for a mama to understand because the Lord is after them, whatever it takes. Sometimes whatever it takes is not easy for a family member to understand because sometimes whatever it takes may not feel good to us. But the Lord will go after you. He'll go out of his way to find you. And of course, I know what you're saying. He's omniscient, he's omnipotent, all that. And we know that. But in, as we personify who God is, he'll go out of his way. That's his love that he has for you. That he'll go out of his way to reach you. That right there alone should tell you how much the Lord loves you. He's not looking for convenience. Okay. So the first thing we learned, as we talked about in 2 Timothy chapter 3.16, that God shows us what is wrong. That's the realization. So he met, he met this woman at the well. And he had to show her what was wrong. 
In verse 6, now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary from his journey, said thus by the well, it was the sixth hour. It was like high noon. It was like real hot. It was real hot. And so he's at the well, and it says, and a woman of Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered to her and says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus was already beginning to show her what was wrong. She was so focused on temporary water, she didn't know anything about the everlasting water. And it's so often that in our quest to find love, we'll settle for the temporary instead of wait for the everlasting. You know, we'll settle. He showed her that everything that she was doing was temporary. And, and he also showed her that you can't hide. She might not have realized this right now, but in my sanctified imagination, I think she went back and read the history of what happened. He meant to meet me there. You know, you know how we go back and say, that was a setup. Y'all ever went back in your life and see, that was him all along. Look how the Lord did that. that God meant to do that. I didn't see it when I was in it. But he meant to do that. And I think if she could look back on it and say, we can't hide from him. See, she went in the noon and the hot of the day. All the other women went in the morning. It was custom for them to go in the morning. When it was cool to gather water. But she went in the heat of the day. Why did she go in the heat of the day? Possibly she didn't want anybody to see her. Because she knew the lifestyle. Maybe she heard the rumors. She didn't want to hear the gossiping. But no matter what we do, we can't hide from God. You can't hide from his love. You can't hide from his all-seeing eye. No matter how you try to cover it up, dress it up, put a tie on it, put stockings over it, you can't hide from God. I want to do a little demonstration real quick. Can I get one volunteer to come up? Anybody? It don't matter. Oh, come on. Hey, man, y'all give her a hand as she come. <laughs> you look fabulous. Hey. Amen. Miss Nikki, you and you probably probably perfect that you volunteered for this because you're a teacher. And you know that as teacher, one of the things that roam your school besides little people is little germs. Oh. Yeah. They're everywhere. Even at one of the daycare, I seen this in the classroom. I thought it was so cute. They said, uh, wash your hands and say your prayers because Jesus and germs are everywhere. And, uh, <laughs> and I thought it was so cute. And, and one thing that we realized that to the naked eye, can you really see germs? Mm -mm. You can't see any of that. You can't see. A lot of times you can't see. It's a lot of stuff that we cannot see with the naked eye. Did y'all know that? It's a lot of stuff, even under a magnifying glass, you can't see. Brother Jeff, can you help me out? Can you make it dark in here? Because we're going to talk about how God's love can see even what we can't see. Now, I'm holding in my hand a black light. Anybody ever used a black light? Anybody ever seen a black light? 
The purpose of a black light, by definition, is to show what can't be seen with the naked eye. Amen. We're going to see with the screens, it may not show up as well, but we'll see. Let's look at it for a minute. So I got the black light on. It's like a UV light. So can you hold out your hands, Miss Nikki? Okay. Miss Nikki's hands, when y'all came up, I'm pretty sure, and Miss Nikki is a very clean person, right? Anyway, I wasn't going to do this demonstration because I didn't want nobody to be embarrassed. But germs are everywhere, and you can't, you can't do nothing about that. Right. And, I knew, and I'm thankful you came because I know you're not easily embarrassed. Mm -hmm. But look at, can y'all see the specks, like some little neon thing? They're very faint. See that on her sweater? Y'all seeing it start to turn around, Miss Nikki? Y'all see it starting to reflect? It looked like little neon specks. Some of that is just metallic thread that you probably didn't even notice when you hugged Miss Nikki. On Miss Nikki's hands, there was a few little neon flecks. Because the thing about a UV light is that it can, <laughs> it can detect germs that you can't see. But the black light can pick it up, and it's probably more your lotion than anything, but y'all see how she's starting to turn, turn <laughs> how you can see how she's starting, starting to turn neon, maybe you can't see it that well, some of you can't, Miss Nikki, do you see it? Yes. You see the neon? Yes. Look at your dress, Miss Nikki. Oh, yes. <laughs> you see how it's starting to get those neon flecks? You couldn't see that with your natural eye. But with this extra UV light. Oh, thank you, Mr. Jeff. With this UV light, we were able to see stuff thank you. that our naked eye couldn't see. That's what God loves is to me. You can cover it up. You can put lotion on it, cologne, everything, dress it up, but there's a light when you get into the word of God that will show you who you are whether anybody else see it or not. Oh, you might come in here dressed up, suited up, vested up, and all those kind of things, but God can still see between the marrow and the bone. That's his word. He can get deep down where we can't see. So she went in the hot today to avoid everyone, but God's word will reveal what we try to conceal. Y'all ever have put on concealer? I'm not a big makeup person, but I heard about it. You know, they put that concealer on now. The purpose of the concealer was hide blemishes so everything be smooth with that foundation. But how, don't you know God can see past what we try to conceal? And some of us, we good at it. I mean, on the outside, we got everybody fooled, convinced, and, and everything. But God can look past all of that. You can run. But you can't hide. Jesus showed her what was wrong. She was looking for the temporary, but she needed everlasting. Then, two, the second thing he do, as we learn in Second Corinthians, Second Timothy, chapter three, is that he corrects us when we're wrong. He corrects us when we're wrong. If you have friends that all they do is say yes, you probably need some new friends. Because you need some real friends that will call you to the carpet sometimes. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having you a support team, your squad and all that. But people in your squad, they need to be able to tell you some things because you ain't doing everything right. 
If you're doing everything right then you just gonna fly to Jesus, you know, and have you know what I'm saying? But you need some friends that gonna say, Hey, I don't know about that. You know, wait, wait, wait a minute, sister. Come mm, you know, I saw you over there. I just mm, you know, get them get them away from the situation, something. But if you got some real friends, they'll be able to help correct you when you're wrong. And so the Lord corrects us when we're wrong. He don't let us just continue in our sin. So he continues on the story where he said, I'll give you that eternal water. And, you know, she said, but you don't have anything to draw with. What do you get this living water? And he says, uh, and then she goes on and says, are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and livestock? And Jesus answered and said, whoever drinks of this water will never thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst but the water that I shall give him will become a fountain of water spring up into everlasting life so this woman started thinking she said mm, let me get some of that water and, but then look how she answered that I may not thirst nor come here to draw she still didn't all the way get it she's still looking at that temporary water she's still looking at the fact that she had to go to a well and the Lord's like that's, that's not what we're talking about you know, so in my mind, I think he said, well, let's just go a, a bit deeper. Y'all ever been like that? You be talking to somebody and trying to get them to understand, and the conversation ain't going the way you want it to go? Then you say, okay, let me give you another example. So then this is what he said. He said, go call your husband. Wow, Jesus. <laughs> just just kind of came at me like that then. <laughs> I thought we were talking about water. Where my husband come in at this? You know? And see, I think the Lord is trying to tell us that if we're going to correct what's wrong, you have to fix the root and not just the fruit. So many of us are trying to dress up the fruit, but we won't dig up the root. And if you don't dig up the root and fix that, you'll keep getting the same fruit. You can't change fruit until you don't change the root. Okay, if the root is poisonous, it's going to produce poisonous fruit. Eventually, it will affect the whole tree. Until you get down and dig up those roots, you'll always get the same fruit. And no matter how hard you try, well, today I'm going to do better. But did you change the root? Because see, if the root's still saying, okay, how much you, I will, I'm going to try, it's always going to end the same result. And he said, uh, go get your husband. She said, hmm, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you have said, well, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And the one whom you have now is not your husband. So you spoke the truth. Give her credit for speaking the truth. Some of us don't even want to speak the truth. At least she told the truth. Hello? And a lot of times we look at her and we think about these husbands. So why did she have so many husbands? We've got to correct what's wrong here. Let's get to the root of it. Let's, what about some possibilities? Think about us today. Maybe it's not husband that you have, but you keep trying to feel something and you keep going to the same situation over and over again. Maybe she was looking for love in all the wrong places. You know? Her friends told her what love was. She went with it. It looked like it. She got married. Didn't work out. Tried it again. Didn't work out. Tried it again. 
Maybe she was trying to fill a void that only God can fill. I love my husband, but I can't rely on him to make me happy. My joy is found in Jesus. Because when I start making him be the source of my joy, then I'm putting him in a place he can't fulfill because he's not God. I got to have joy for myself. And if he got joy for himself, then we happy together. Because he got joy and I got joy. But one of us going to drain the other one if I'm trying to be his source. Because I may be a resource, but I'm not the source. God can use you as a resource, but he is the source. Maybe she had low self-esteem or self-worth. You know, some people get in situations, relationships, or whatever, because they feel like they don't deserve any better. This the best I can do. This what I deserve based on what I used to be, what I did. Probably after the third husband, she probably was like, hey, if I can get another one that halfway decent, they're going to take me, you know. But don't you know that the Lord loves you past all of that? And a lot of us are settling because we feel like that's all we can and the Lord was like, no, when you're in Christ, you're a new creature. Them old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Or maybe, this is one of my favorite, maybe she did the dreaded comparison mistake, especially with that first husband. All my friends getting married. So-and-so getting married. They, had, they already had their first child. Here I am. Hey, I'm just telling the truth. I'm telling you what went through my mind. Man, I already 30. 31. 32. Going to another wedding. Another baby shower. Babysitting somebody a kid for their anniversary. 33. You know, and I'm like, Lord, have mercy. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. I do. But what if we would have gave in to what so-and-so doing? Hey, you look good enough. Come on. Got all your teeth. Let's make it work. You know, are we settling because we're comparing? Well, it worked for somebody. Just because it worked for them don't mean that's your story. Let God write your story. You have your own story. You don't have to relive somebody else's story. They already lived it once. And they live in it now. Let God write your story. Because see, another thing, the trouble with comparison is usually, and I read this, I can't remember who, who quoted it, is that we compare our weakness to somebody else's strong part. Did y'all know that? We comparison, and you know, and I, and I have a friend that I love dearly, and it's, it's so funny. And she'll say, oh, you know, you married with the two boys and blah, blah. I say, yeah, but then you got like five degrees and been all over the world. You know, so we can go back and forth. But sometimes we get so caught up with somebody else, God, that we don't realize that God is blessing us right where we are. <laughs> to my ladies, especially my young ladies, y'all know my partners. I talk to y'all, I say, bloom where you're planted. I'm a testimony. If you wait on God, he will give you the desires of your heart. I prayed for a man like him years before I even met him. But I was about to give him to the temptation of, I'm 30. I'm 31, 32, time ticking. I do want children one day. You know, you, you bite there. You check most of the boxes. Let's go. You know? And the Lord said, no, no, no. Not so. And God will give you what 
he wants you to have and what he wants you to have be the best thing that you can ever imagine. So maybe you're trying to fill a void with something else. And a lot of times we look at a woman with all these husbands. That was her vice. What's your vice? Is it food? Soon something happened. Going in the refrigerator looking. You ain't even talking about the situation. Situation A, refrigerator B. You know, I mean, it was just nonstop. We didn't even pause. Oh, okay. Hang up. You know, cabinet, whatever. Maybe your thing is shopping. Oh, am I, I'm talking too much this morning. Maybe your thing, and I'm not saying shopping for what you need. I'm talking about, I just don't want to think about it, so I'm just going to go buy some stuff. I heard they had a good sale. And if y'all like me, well, these clothes ain't fitting right. Let's go to the shoe store. Shoes always fit. <laughs> Sometimes it's gossiping. You focus on somebody else's problems or you want to focus on your own. So we can't look at the woman with the, at the well and, just, and, and turn our nose up because we have our own vice. We have our own things that we've tried to fill a void with instead of dealing with the issue. And so the Lord said, no, you ain't finna skate over this. Let's go ahead and get down with it. So he shows her when she was wrong. She, he corrects her when she's wrong. And then finally, he teaches us what to do right. You don't just point out a bad behavior and leave it. You know, even when I'm trying to, to, to discipline my kids, you know, I get on to them, and then sometimes, you know, in the heat of the battle, sometimes, you know, we might have to resort to extenuating circumstances. Uh, I think the Bible called the rod. We call it the pop-pop stick. You know, I try to let that be last resort, you know, but sometimes we have to take it there. But I never just leave it there. You know, when the dust settles, we talk. Do you know why I did what I did? Do you know why this happened? Do you know what you did wrong? You know, and then after we point out what we did wrong, okay, now what we need to do better so that we don't have this situation again. And the Lord does that through his word. He points out what we do wrong. He tells us what is wrong. And then he doesn't just leave us there. He points us in the right direction on what we need to do right. Because if you take something away, you have to fill it with something. You know, if you're an ex, whatever, I know my husband, he, he'll tell you all the stuff he did. And he tell you there's still more and there is more. If y'all can believe it. But... When he took those things away, he had to fill it with something else. Whether it's quiet time with the Lord, whether you take away ratchet music and put in righteous music. You know what I'm saying? When you take away these ugly books and put in the, the word of God and word-inspired books. You know, you, whatever you take away, you have to fill it. Because if not, guess what? You're going to fall right back into it. And, and, and I'm telling you, I, I, you know, I'm trying to do my best to eat the right way. You know, I got a, a whole group of people trying to encourage my heart. And I, I'm really trying, not just for any, you know, vain reason. I really want to be healthy. I want a little long time to play with my kids. I, I really want to be able to be up here and sing without sounding like an asthmatic. You know, little stuff like that. And so I'm really trying. But one thing I learned, and one thing that they always tell me, that if you're going to take something away, you got to feel it. So if I'm going to take this fried chicken away. I got to fill it with something. Cause it, and it got to be quick. Y'all ever been like that? You going out to eat, you be like, I'm going to eat healthy. 
you know, but and I'll share this with my class. In order for me to follow through, I have to plan in advance what I'm going to eat when I get there. Because if I leave it this whim and I just show up at the restaurant and start looking at the menu, oh, everything looks so much better. You only, and then, you know, they put that fit and fair menu at the very back anyway. They don't, really want, they don't really want you to eat that. You know what I'm saying? So you had to flip through all the fried chicken and the smothered this and the covered that to try to find the salad in the back. Who idea was that? That lonely little salmon in the back of the book. You have to make up in your mind in advance because guess what? By page three, you already changed your mind. i do that tomorrow. We'll start on Monday. Anybody, any start on Monday, people? We'll, we'll start Monday. And then don't let it get real bad. We might as well just end this month out. First of the, first of the month. I'm back on track. First of the month. Anybody, any first of the month, people? That me. Yeah, then forget Monday. Let's just wait till the first of the month. But if God has delivered you from something, you got to replace it with something. Because if not, you'll find yourself with them same old friends. In them same old places, you'll wind up doing them same old things. For the woman at the well, he wanted her to get to know who he, she was worshiping. They go on to say, she says that, um, Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Our fathers worship on this mountain, this verse 20. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is a place where you ought to worship. Jesus said to the woman, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You, wor- you worship what you do not know. We know what, worship, what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So he didn't leave her. He corrected her, and then he taught her. If you're going to know how to love, you need to know who is the author of love. And it is Jesus. We talk about his love, but do we know just how much he loves us? Do we know the truth of his love? Because, see, the Bible will illuminate over and over again just how special you are to him. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The Bible goes on to say that no greater love than a man will lay down his life for a friend. It goes on to say that said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Do you really know how much he loves you? The Bible said love is patient. Love is kind. The Bible says that his love, a perfect love, covers a multitude of sin. The Bible says, for the love of God compels me. The Bible says that nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Even my own self, my own faults, nothing shall separate me for the love of God. And when I realize, when I count it all up and realize how much God loves me and how special 
I am to him. Then you can say, for the love of God, it compels me. The love of God compels me to praise him. The love of God compels me to trust him. The love of God compels me to worship him. The love of God compels me to bow down and worship to him. The love of God compels me to trust him. The love of God compels me to wait on him. The love of God compels me to stand boldly for him. The love of God compels me to look to him the author and the finisher of my faith. The love of God compels me to lift up my eyes unto the hills, knowing all my help come from the Lord. The love of God compels me to honor my husband. The love of God compels me to look after my children. The love of God compels me to love my friends. The love of God compels me to teach me how to love my enemies. The love of God compels me to spend some one-on-one time with him. The love of God compels me. The Bible says I am not my own, but I have been bought with a price. See, this kind of love you can't earn. This kind of love you can't work for. But this kind of love was given to each and every one of us who believe. And when I think about all the things that I've done, the mistakes that I've made and realize that his love is still ever flowing in my life. It compels me to make a difference. It helps you make a different choice when you realize that you are precious In his sight. Everyone's standing. And if we can get the. The sentence prayer that. Pastor. um, Usually instructs us on Sundays. I want to. I want to start with that. But as we get ready to say it. I want to tell you there's a song. And there's always a song for me. There's always a song. And I think if Stephanie Mills was here, she said, I never knew a love like this before. And when you come into a relationship with Jesus, you'll never know a love like this before. And then I was listening to this CD. I bought this CD actually for a different reason. There's a song on there that my oldest one love we love to sing it to the top of our lungs when it's just he and I but as I kept listening y'all know you had those favorite songs on the CD and you you kind of listen to the other ones by mistake and one song caught me and she said when I am a wasteland you are the water when I am the winter you are the fire that burns when I am a long night Anybody ever been a long night? You so difficult, you don't want to be with you. Say, you are the sunrise. And when I am a desert, you just dry. Say, you are the river that turns to find me. And she goes on to say, what have I done to deserve love like this?
And there are some of you trying to earn somebody's love. You're doing stuff that you know is out of character. you going above and beyond and you're not getting it in return. I know. I've done it before. You know, well, if I do this, if you wear my hair like this, if, if I give in to this, but I just won't go all the way to that, and you, you set your boundaries. I'm trying to help somebody this day. That's not real love. The love that God has for you, he comes and finds you. And when you're at your lowest place, he still says, I love you still. And she goes on to say, she said, I cannot earn what you so freely give. Those in marriages, yes, marriages work. It's work. It's work. But the love I have for this man of God right here, as the deacon says, it's a good problem. It's good work. Work that I enjoy. Do it not grudgingly. But if you gotta work and worry to earn love, that is not of God. You know what I'm saying? And I'm talking to my my singles here because you have not in a covenant with anybody. That's who I'm talking to. You want to get in a relationship where it's good work. Where you're not working overtime and not receiving anything. I hope I'm, I hope I'm saying this right. Because I don't want to get nobody confused. I want to encourage you to wait on the Lord. Know that you have value. You are precious. You are to be handled with care. Don't sell yourself short. Don't compromise. Well, it's just one time. Don't compromise. Because the one God has for you, he's going to love God so much that he'll respect you. I know. And don't fall for the, well, I just respect you. No, I want you to respect God. If he respects him and he has convictions with him, he can't help but to treat you right. Because he know he got to deal with somebody else. And I know my mom can be intimidating. She ain't got nothing on God. And if you have a God-fearing man that's going to respect God, he'll respect you. We didn't deserve it. But God gave it to us. Freely. Freely. He gave it to you freely. So if you're here and you want to learn about this love, I want to say the sinner's prayer. And if you believe this in your heart, if you never 
said this and meant it or never even seen this before, but you say, hey, I want to get to know this man that loves me even when I don't love myself. Let's say this together. Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart that you are the Son of God whom he raised from the dead. I confess that you died for my sins. Please have mercy on me and forgive me and come and live within me this day. As our evangelism team comes, if you want to accept the Lord as Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.